oh, oh. It just means every p is going to be yeah, it's going to be very plosive. plosive. What's wrong with my fuzzies? They smell weird. <laughs> they smell weird. They smell weird. actually have like this is the first time we've had mics on stands for an episode as well you're with classy guys not close at all i still i resent the accusations of smelly microphones <laughs> they, they don't smell pleasant <laughs> that smells as much as that that's just what foam smells like hello and you're very welcome to episode 32 of higher fidelity uh, i'm Brilliant, uh, but nobody calls me that. Uh, my name is Pete, and with me today I've got two stalwart members of the Dublin music scene. We've got Connor Lumsden. Hello. And Ross Hamer or Hammer? Hamer. Hammer. Hammer's cooler, but it's Hammer's Hamer. very cool. If it's definitely because yeah, it's one M, and I wasn't ever sure. Is it the first or second M you don't have in Hamer? Uh, it's the first M I don't have. It's first, okay, so you're a second Emmer. Nice. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and we are in. Where are we actually? We're downstairs. Yeah, we're on uh, Lombard Street. Nice. If anyone wants to stick uh, the head in. Oh, building practice here. Yeah, oh, that, that, sorry, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Uh, I'll introduce you quickly first as well. So Conor Lumsden has played in far too many bands down through the years. Both incredibly good, Conor's an incredibly good songwriter and musician, as is Ross. Conor has been in bands like the Number Ones, uh, musically. Were you in the Pacifics? I'm the going to play drums with them whenever they're playing next. Okay, fair enough. So the, the Pacifics uh, go way, way back in mine and Evan's uh, musical sort of history where by in about 2010 or so when we had just recently uh, just recently back in 12 years ago had become obsessed with Dr. Feelgood and the Rhythm and Blues 60s beat boom thing happened to come, would spend an awful lot of time on Facebook surfing sort of trying to find other bands in Ireland who liked this sort of stuff and we came across the Pacifics and it was the time when they were uh, doing the shirts with the tie and the v-neck jumpers v-neck um they still have tank tops. Do they still? Yeah. Great. Good to see you know that they still fit. Mm -hmm. uh, and we looked at the track list of the album they put out and couldn't believe that there was a band who had like all these kind of tracks and the album. But we were just like, this is our dream track listing of an album. And to know that they, there was a band in Dublin doing that was great. Never played with them, never saw them. Uh, and then 10 years later, ended up becoming mates with yourself and Eddie, who is, I believe, in the band and is also now in the number ones with yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's a brief truncate. Sean Goucher, right? Goucher. Sean Goucher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a very truncated history of, of Connor's musical career today. Oh, and also I played on your, myself and I, people who listened to the episodes a few months ago would often hear me and Evan talking about us recording an album with a chap called Connor. That chap Connor is this Connor that we have here today. He was the guy that we were recording with for his album for Music City. Thanks for playing on it. Yeah. It did a spectacular job. <laughs> I right. should say as well, Connor and Ross are incredible musicians, but they're both in awe of me. It's true. I'm in awe of Cavan more than anything, <laughs> to be honest. We had met many years ago when the Pacifics and Yous would have been uh, just on the scene and I slammed down uh, the first number ones tape on uh, a table while you were having discussions with Sony as far as I... I remember you telling me this. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's insane that that happened. In, uh, I've never done a cassette slap table move, move ever. Yeah, it was, I'm, I'm so ignorant, <laughs> so rude. I think that was in like Sweeney's maybe there was... Did you do that while we were in the... Was it because we were there you were like, I'm slapping a cassette down? Well, because I didn't know who you guys were. Okay, Goucher rude, knew thanks. who you guys were okay. from the... Uh, 60s revival uh, scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, they were like oh there's the stripes and I was like I recognised the guy from uh, working in. I used to work at Warner's when I was like a, a child and um, I was like oh that guy's from Sony and so we put two and two together and uh, I said 
don't sign them, sign us. <laughs> and <laughs> so slammed tried, it down and walked out. You tried to fuck our career from the get-go, thanks, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well, it didn't work out, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that, yeah, that's kind of your, your kind of shared history. Um, a truncated version of what you've done to date so far, uh, including trying to scupper our attempts to sign a record deal. So I do appreciate that. I'm still trying to. I was going to say, yeah, how's your record deal going, mate? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just to say, I'm trying to ruin your careers now. <laughs> like, just by association, playing on this album, people are not going to pay attention to you guys ever again. You're cancelled. <laughs> and now we get to Ross. You, we, I remember one time we, I can't remember the first time we properly met. I remember. Yeah, what, what, I'm trying to, because the time that I remember was when I just happened to pass you in the street. I went, oh, oh I met yeah. you before. And then we sat for about maybe two hours or so. It was a great day. Yeah, what part? Marion Square. Marion Square. And during we sat lockdown. For, yeah, it was during lockdown. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, it was very dangerous of us to do that, actually. Oh, shit, we just got busted. Yeah, I know. But what was the first time? It was the back of the 109 bus. No, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> Dropping the 109 bus, I love that. Frankie Cosman. Frankie Kai Cosmos. Cosmos, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, because were you supporting that night? Mm-hmm. That was our yeah, first Music gig. City. Music City, yeah. Uh, first gig ever. Well, good slot as well. That's, that, that was the first time I got properly talking to you as well. We had a little freak out about Reckless Eric in the crowd like after, after you'd played. But yeah, we had that day in Marion Square, which was lovely. I had a really nice time with that. One of the greatest days of my life. Not even top ten for me, unfortunately. But you're from Cavan, so every day is a great, is a top ten day in Cavan. I'm from Navin, you know. It's oh, it's a miracle that I have a top day in my life. Do you know that Navin backwards is race car? Is it? Yeah, and race car backwards is Navin. It's mad. It sounds too good to be true for Navin. You are involved in Oboland, the band who just freshly released an album as well. Yep, I have nothing to do with that album. I was going to say, I congratulated you early on and you were like, thank you, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Which is why I can say it's a great album. What's your association with Oboland now? Because well, you were like in the band. What's the... I played a gig with an old band in Galway years ago and Oboland were supporting us for some... Like, it should have been the other way around. But um, they were three feral men uh, from Tum. <laughs> And I don't know if they'd forgotten their guitar amp or something, so they asked to borrow my brand new Fender, nice amp. And I was like, yeah, sure. And within about 30 seconds of the gig, um, one of them had spat on it. <laughs> but I fell in love with the music. It was okay. great, uh, even though they are disgusting human beings. Yeah, we became friends. And then after that, in the early days of Music City, um, Connor asked Niall to play guitar. I was playing bass at the time. And I don't know, having sleeping on floors together in Glasgow and sharing uh, haunted rooms in Hamburg. <laughs> yeah. Pizza <laughs> uh, Pizza. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, we survived. Uh, survived a breaking in the Brudenell in Leeds. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Connor in his underpants survived that too. And beetle boots. Oh, and beetle boots. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to the old Bill uh, <laughs> in in a. A pink satin shirt, uh, Y fronts, and my Beatle boots. At a gig that we weren't actually booked to play, but we just turned up <laughs> and they let us play it. And they paid us and they put us second highest on the bill and they fed us <laughs> and they let us stay there. Uh, it was very, very... Nathan from the Brudenell is one of the best people on planet Earth. Yeah, he's great. Has always done like some solids all the time. So we, <laughs> we were having... Things are usually a little bit difficult when I'm in a kind of a managerial or organisational context. Yeah, so... Into the mist is your motto. Into the mist. (laughs) And uh, Ross is very much uh, more organised than I am or ever will be. So the combo of us always ends up being like, we we got everything done, we got to every gig, but there's a couple of adventures on the way. And one of those was showing up to the Broodnell seeing the stage times on the door <laughs> and there was no mention of the band at all. I was going, hmm, well, 
maybe this was from last night. And I was like, but it's not. This is the, the gig that we're meant to be playing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. And because um, the, the booking agent was a booking agent only for a few weeks working with me and then quit. So starting to see a theme develop. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that actually does happen a lot with me. But yeah, I think like some final deals weren't signed or whatever. And um, yeah, we were, we were touring with Parquet Courts and... Was that? That was yeah. That, that was Parky. But then we wanted to do one gig by maybe there was a day off or something. But yeah, so we showed up and um, we're like with all the gear and stuff. And Nathan was like, "Oh, hey, hey, Connor, what's up? What, uh, what you doing here?" I was like, "We're here for the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Not we're meant to be playing, no." And um, he was like, "Oh, fuck, uh, don't think so, but let me sort it out." And paid us, fed us, watered us, and then we didn't have a place to stay. Yeah. So I was like, can we stay here in the venue? And he was like, yeah, 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 no problem. And then we're going to we're going to bed, and we just hear like this banging, this insanely loud banging. And at the front, the front of the Brudenell has this kind of a one way mirror kind of thing. You know, when they're in like interview interrogation yeah. rooms, they had that kind of thing. Right. So we just saw this like teenager out of his fucking mind on I don't know what just like trying to look in through the glass like banging being like let me in I was like what the fuck is going on he had like vomit on his shirt and pissed his pants <laughs> and was really a, like aggressive like, well you would be so he kept like banging on the on the windows and I was like oh my god we're gonna have to go out there and, and check it out because we're tough and guys I, yeah I couldn't see anything I was like there's nobody here and he just came ran, <laughs> running at the door I was like ah <laughs> Niall's like we're going to get killed. We're going to get killed. I think Rune was like trying to play it cool. And then I think we were like, this is too much like Green Room. Yes. Yeah. An amazing film. And so then we were like, okay, we're going to have to, like there was nobody there. Uh, I didn't want to wake up Nathan. We I couldn't. We didn't couldn't. know how. Yeah. We didn't have his phone number either. So, um, cause we weren't booked to play the gig that we were staying over in the venue for. So we hopped over the bar and we're looking at the CCTV and we're like, where is this person? And it was just so fucking weird. There was just a man with a dog in the middle of the car park, like kind of like. And his hood up. Yeah. At like, like four in the morning or something. I was like, fuck. And then we were like, we're not going to call the, the guards. What were we going to do? Can't call Nathan. What did happen then? Well, me and Niall oh, did guy. a perimeter search. Uh, we went round, because it's a big place, the Brood it's, it's, it's expansively large. Yeah, yeah, like round the old snooker halls and the working men's club. Yep. And also, uh, the the lad who's kind of in charge of locking up the place had told us that the place was haunted anyway, so we're already on edge because we're, we're massive tough guys. <laughs> and then me and Niall had like the torches on our phone going around. We're like, we're definitely, if this was a movie, we're the first ones who the would other die. The guys are going to die, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we survived. And when we got back from our uh, thorough perimeter search, um, Connor was there in his pink satin shirt, his beetle boots and underpants, talking to a guard, being like, there was like eight of them trying to get in. <laughs> and the guards were like, no, it was one 16-year-old lad who was really cold and was just trying to find somewhere to stay. stay. I think they found him in like the coal shed round the back or something. Fuck's sake. We survived an encounter at the Brunel as well where... Before our show started, there was a, there was a, I think it was as doors open, so there was a queue of people. Uh, but big people in, and this lad was there was a little like, kind of playground across the road from the Runel. A lot of miscreants there fucking around doing doing their thing, but at a safe distance. And then they thought, what would be great crack to do now is let's aim fireworks that we have because we're 11 and it's Leeds at 
the crowd of people who were waiting to go into the venue. <laughs> but no, they started just fucking these fireworks, and these fireworks were like la- ro- ro- blasting through the crowd and like exploding nearby people, and people were scattering. It was a really scary thing to have happen. Uh, and then everyone's a bit rattled going into the gig, being like, I could have, just, I almost just lost like a finger or like a hand or a foot or whatever, and now I have to just go watch a gig that now has to happen. Reminds me of being at school in Navin. Lots of fireworks there, yeah. Yeah, I remember down down the corridors. Well, we used to do, we used to do the horrible like get a ball up just a massive ball of masking tape and more often than not you would just see like something travel at like lightning speed past your head and it'd be either, like tinfoil that has then been covered and one of the games one of the games we used to love playing in secondary school was uh, let's get a piece of sandpaper and then run down the hallway and just run it across someone's face as we run by them great crack yeah. someone used to pour again and you, if you're in woodwork you'd pour like wood shavings on someone's back and the teachers would invite one teacher this lad called Mr Murray he would routinely give out to the student who had had the sawdust poured on their back bit like would you fucking cop on and why, why'd you let them do that and we, the guy doesn't have a 360 degree head that he can turn and see that he's now covered in fucking sawdust like. that was that uh, in art class one time this fucking guy this fucking asshole glued fuck you on my back like wrote fuck you in glue on my back and he was sitting behind me and then opened up like a pencil pairer and poured all the shavings all over my back and just had like fuck you on my back and so, <laughs> that's why you, you gotta you gotta uh, stop letting these people into art class if they're if they're not here to create. You know yeah, exactly. That sounded pretty creative to me. Yeah, it actually, probably was. Yeah. Using the glue as like a, a an inverse stencil to then yeah. apply the wood is great. He later uh, had a heart attack. That guy. So that's very sad to hear. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> Anne Ross is also the curator, uh, the curator and creator of the Litany of Failures musical. Not curator. Scene. Just been on it loads. Are you not involved in like, the production of it all? Are you not part uh, of the... And so, oh, I thought you were part of the whole no, thing. I'm, I'm too lazy to do stuff like that. But it's this great, it's this great thing where everyone... Who does just your get, research? I don't do research. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, so yeah, but I remember that, that, that day in Marion Square, the, the, the day we fell in love, uh, we were talking oh, about the Litany of Failures where it's just, you know, they get whatever was 12 or 13 different bands to all chuck together 60 quid and they get, you get a vinyl, mm. everyone submits a track and you get a vinyl album pressed it. It's a, great, it's a really good idea. Are you done? Is it volume three or four now? Or? There are three out. There's rumours of another one on the way, but I... I well, it's, a really, it's a really good fun idea. Yeah, it's uh, Danny Carroll from Struggle Life and his new band, which I think is called Danny Carroll. Wow, okay. Um, what are the chances of the band you're in being the same name as you? <laughs> like, that's fucking mental. It worked for a few people, like Elton John. The other curators are Stevie Lennox from Junk Drawer up in Belfast. Oh, oh Great yeah, band. Yeah. Paul from uh, That Snake down in Limerick. My old friend Paul. You know, Paul? Yeah. Connor, for someone who like habitually sings into mics or terrible. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> someone who's like, his job is to it's be It's because I don't have headphones on, yeah, so I, don't, I can't you tell. Um... No, you can, you can like, lean it back and you can sit back. I don't want to be... Like, be no, no, it's fine. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so now that we've covered your extensive uh, musical backgrounds, we haven't even touched the surface of all the amount of different bands you've played in, uh, both these, but you're both incredibly talented songwriters who I'm delighted to have on the show. Uh, I was in a band before called The Stripe, right? So 2008... The Stripe? Uh, the Stripes. Stripes. 2008, Christmas concert, then we were on the Toy Show in 2011, just in case anyone doesn't know. Um, so yeah, so just, I always give, every time they run an episode, I give, I give people a bit of an update on what I've done, the, what I've done over the last month or so. Uh, a chap we, I think all three of us know, called Dan Fitzpatrick, great lad, he's in, he's in Bad Hands, which is a great album. He's, he's in every band. He was in The Mighty Steph, he was the guitarist in that band, and we toured with them quite a bit, and they delivered us from Europe to the European tour and all, so we, we and Daniel go way back. And a few weeks ago, he rang me of a Saturday night and said, look, I'm stuck for someone to do a session tomorrow. He said, would you do it? I'm filming a live video and I'm recording the track as well. And I said, yeah, of course, absolutely, no worries at all. I will 100% do that. And I rocked up to the session assuming he meant me to play bass or at a push guitar. Uh, and I said, grand, okay. And I said, right, what is, where's, where's my, where, what am I using? Where's my thingy? And he was like, yes, yeah, so you're playing the harmonium today. And I was like, sound, great. 
what is that? <laughs> and he said, it's, a, it's like a keyboard. And I was like, I can't play the keyboard. And he said, but it's like an accordion as well. And I was like, I can't play that either. I was like, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, I'll just show you what notes to do. And it was like a billows thing on the back. And it's like, I had to like press that and all this was cracks. So just, again, it was just dropped in a, in a situation where I was like, I can't do this at all. And it's on, it's on, you've asked me to do it. It's on you if it's bad because I have never even heard of this instrument before. Bit of a workout as well, isn't it? it? Yeah, it was tough going. The session happened. I'm inherently very talented, so it was fine. When you see the video, it's me touching this instrument for genuinely the second time, having heard of its existence 10 minutes prior to the first taping of the song. Uh, and then a few weeks later, he rings me again on a Saturday night anyway, and said, look, I'm playing a gig tomorrow night in Whelan's as part of the David Bowie Festival. Uh, we're playing the entirety of the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. And I said, oh, brilliant. That's really good. I might pop along. And he was like, yeah, our bass player dropped out. Will you do it? And I was like, yeah, sure, no worries at all. I'll see you tomorrow. Bang. And then I hung up the phone. It was only once I hung up, I realised I've never, ever listened to that album at all. <laughs> I'd never heard it. David who? Bowie. Uh, so I use Bowie or Bowie. How do you say it? I get confused every Bowie? time. <laughs> David Bowie. I just I just call him David. <laughs> <laughs> call him Big D. Yeah. But no, I remember there was an, uh, an A&R man from RCA. I can't think of his name, but he insisted on... He brought up David Bowie come an awful lot for some reason uh, when we were in talks. And he kept saying Bowie. And I remember thinking, I could not work with someone who says that as as frequently as he does. I mean, that, was a, that was a first strike against him. Uh, that and the terms of the deal were shit. Um, but it was the Bowie thing that sunk the boat. Um, but anyway, so I, I'd never listened to the album at all. I was like, right, great. Now, in less than 24 hours, I'm going to have to play an album that I've never, at this point in time, never ever listened to before in my entire life. I'm going to have to play it in less than 24 hours to a room full of David Bowie fanatics who are going to know the album inside out. The next day, I go into Sonic Studios where we're rehearsing. And uh, we're rehearsing there, and then I walk in, and there's a guitarist and a drummer and all the people there, and they all are talking about which bits of the songs they like the most. And I was like, I can't wait to know what these songs are going to be in a bit. Uh, and I had hastily written out sheets with a load of chords and all this sort of on it. And only when I sat down next to the guitarist, I was like, oh, I, I know his face. Who is that? Uh, and then someone called him John, and I was like, oh shit, that's John Perry from The Only Ones. He's playing in this band. Fuck, that's great. He said to me, do you know these songs? And I was like, um, no. And he was like, oh, I don't know what I mean either. These were some like solidarity, there was some like unprepared solidarity, which was nice. But again, same thing again, I was like, fuck, now I'm playing an album I don't know at all with a legendary guitarist who was in the fucking Great guitar player as and well. He, yeah, and he was just twiddling away doing his own thing and he sounded fucking incredible. Does he live well. here? Yeah, he lives in Ireland at the moment. Oh, He's what? been here for years. Yeah, it's weird. It was part of the, so was, the band was the Salty Dog No Stars, which is the, his man Liam, yeah. Yeah, Liam Mulvaney. Yeah, so he basically he does this thing every year where these the people learn a classic album, they play it on the Salty Dog stage at EP. But they, 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 they were doing the Rising Voices of Stardust and the David Bowie Festival asked them, look, do you want to just play it on the closing night of the festival? So they said, yeah, of course. So again, suddenly we started playing through the songs and then they were like, yeah, five years, we don't need to run through that, it's grand, it's fine, you know that, don't you? And I was like, we've established that I don't know any of these fucking songs. And like, we don't have time to play this song. And I was like, right, well, I guess the first time I'm playing five years is going to be on stage when we walk on and do it. I was like, you've got the chords there, you'd be grand. I was like, yeah, but the chord, when you don't know the songs, a chord sheet means absolutely nothing. <laughs> so got to the venue anyway. Yeah, we played this set again. I went on absolutely breaking it. Um, and we had guest singers on like Paddy Hanna and a few other people like that. that was knocking around and it was grand. And the show went off relatively without a hitch in that I would just r- strategically turn down quite a bit. At the end of the show, I breathed a sigh of relief and wiped the sweat off my brow, having like, look, okay, fuck, finally, it's done. And then this really tall woman with this amazing white afro got up on the stage and said, right, do Moon Age Daydream. We were about to kick into it and I had to randomly like, scramble through the sheets and be like, which fucking one was Moon Age Daydream? 
played it anyway and again I was like, it was delightful being on stage playing with John Perry from the only ones being like fucking this is cool and then this lunatic got up and started singing Moonage Daydream again and we did it again it was great and the crowd went bananas uh, obviously because the bass was so well played yeah afterwards a friend of mine who'd come along to the show uh, had said holy fuck I can't believe she got up and I was like I know what was that about and he goes yeah that's Ava Cherry David Bowie's fucking backing vocalist like holy shit can't believe she was here and I was like fucking hell I had no I was so in the dark so in the dark about every single thing that's happening that day other than the guy who did the solo for another girl on the planet was there and I was like right that's all I needed and it was fine but we got through it in the end which was grand I also just there was a um, place where I work um, is a health food shop as I've established before and uh, we had a little funny interaction uh, with a customer whereby they placed we do online deliveries we do people can place their orders online and we post it out and things like that it's uh, great service it's really great service it's the future I'm telling you I think it's lazy basically I, I was in the shop one day and looked at the order list because we have to start packing up when we walk in in the morning and an order had come in at half five in the morning for uh, 500 grams of wasabi peanuts and five kilos of brown rice. You love wasabi, don't you? I adore wasabi. With 500 grams of wasabi peanuts, which I can attest to, as, as, as the purveyor of them in the shop, I can say they are absolutely disgusting. <laughs> They're minging. There's an order been placed and it said 500 grams of wasabi peanuts and six kilograms of brown rice. And I was like, half five in the morning, like, I, I, I'm not one to try and understand cravings, but like these lads are obviously... Jones and for something it was only I was like it's a bit of a weird thing to be like at half five in the morning I need fucking 500 grams of wasabi peanuts shtat right and then I happened to look at the address and it's fine for me to say the address because it's not a real address because it said Athlone County West Mead Dublin <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a postcode that had four numbers on it like, so like obviously the lads whoever they were were like fucking tanked or whatever were just like had smoked the heads of themselves and were like oh, man you know don't we fucking need now man where do we live again man, yeah we need some wasabi peanuts what's the address I don't know put down every county <laughs> and I'll get here eventually what's the postcode it's D15 class just get that grand but uh, it was a nice fun thing that happened you to work feel bad for the postman having to carry five kilos of brown oh, rice yeah. well it was DPD so fuck them to be grand ah, yeah. but on top of that as well just current news the new doctor has just been announced uh, the lads playing the new doctor who has been announced but I happened to take a look last week at the doctor who odd rankings are, are the odds of who's going to bet the bet betting shops were taken for to see who's going to be the next doctor and number one was it. <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> I was looking at. Is this the how they're doctor? announcing Connor Lumsden as the next Doctor? Yeah, you're delighted to tell you you're the next Doctor Who. Uh, oh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah the, next, the next Doctor. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize I'm not in the comedy field who like know when they said the next Doctor that I'm not talking about the medical practice of Doctor, but I'm talking about the, the real important who. stuff. Like yeah. Doctor Who. I'm so used to being on the show where it's either like Becky or Evan who that who are like when they say the next Doctor or the Doctor, whatever you know, you're talking about the sci-fi show, not the ancient art of medicinal care. Um, but so they had a list for like who they think is going to be the next doctor and the odds of them being the next doctor. And bottom of the list at number twenty was Danny Dyer. And I thought they and people were taking bets on it was like one in eighty that Danny Dyer was going to be the fucking doctor. I think that'd be absolutely hilarious. Be, Still he, time. He's yeah. doll gazes not in a bear. He's fucking <laughs> them slags. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what these fucking <laughs> cyber bellends doing me not? <laughs> Freaks my nut out to this day. <laughs> <laughs> But him being the doctor would be fucking hilarious. Like I'm, I have like the same feeling as you have with the the, the Bowie album. I'm just like I don't know what it's, it's like a sci-fi show. I've never seen Doctor Who. Doctor, you've never ever seen Doctor no. Who. I can't believe we've got like a person I on the show. Either. Just making me think of that, uh, like in the last waltz where Robbie Robertson introduces uh, Doctor John as the Doctor, which I don't think is a. That's not a nickname for Dr. John. No. Is he officially, is he actually a doctor? Does he got a PhD in being fucking loose or funk? I, I think he's got, he's experienced with pharmaceuticals. 
and I think it, it goes there, but I don't think there's any official documentation, documentation to... Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. So I met the lads earlier on in a sushi place, and uh, you were given your fortune cookies before you oh, left. Yeah. So shall we open them and see what the fortune is? Oh, I struggled to open mine earlier, which I think is a bad sign. And I also noticed that it's it's already it's got like it's been punctured. It's, it's been spiked. It's been, t- <laughs> it's been tampered with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that the sound of that in this is amazing. Get right in the mic there with that. Oh, amazing! I love it. Oh, fantastic! Enjoy these luscious sounds of two geniuses um, eating. The mastication. I hate the sound of people eating. It's one of my well, I hate it, but I don't know why. But it sounds really nice in this. But I'm like, I, it's called misophonia to like because at certain times when I hear like someone's, if I can see someone's jaw when they're eating, and as depending on the food, they're kind of cereal is one thing that I can't handle someone eating because the mm. noise, the liquid, and the food together just the slurp. I hate the slurp. Go on, read yeah. it to fortune. It says you will always be a true friend. Oh. oh. Why do you look at That's fucking nice. Ross there? You didn't look at me. <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> Your heart's desire is now within reach. Because you're on the show. Oh. So now that we've got our fortunes sorted, you can hold on to them if you want. Do you want me to keep them? Can I keep you them? Can, them? You can keep them, yeah. I, this is perfect fodder for like the inner sleep, because I keep a diary all the time. <laughs> and I always keep little tidbits like cinema tickets and ticket stubs and things like that to put in the inner first two pages or before the lines are there. And I love just having little filling them with photos and things. That's what I love. I love well, there having them in there. Our gift what to you. A, what a sweetie. Yeah. And like having mementos. Uh, they're great sweets as well. I think it's time we start the segment. Have you, you ever eaten a fortune cookie? No, never had a fortune cookie. Thanks for offering it to me. I think I appreciate you should that. try some of it. Because oh, have you got some there? Yeah, because wh- wait, um, before you try it, what do you think it tastes like? Um, do you think savoury or? I assume it's well. I assume it's biscuity. I assumed I, I thought it was like a biscuit, like a like the consistency of like a, a digestive or something. I always thought it would be kind of more um, like not like a spring roll, but some kind of deep fried. Yeah, thing. it's giving that as well. It's hard to know because it's only I, I've, the first time I've seen one was. Only recently. That's insane. I did not expect that. It's like at all. an ice cream wafer. That yes, it, I was trying to figure out what what kind of thing it was. Yeah, but definitely like it's sweet, but like it's fucking sweet, man. Very nice. Uh, but not really nice. But again, and it decides your future. No real flavor to speak of at the same time, though. No, it's maybe like a tiny hint of vanilla. In there. I thought it'd be salty. I thought it would be like a salty like a thing. This is surprisingly not greasy. That's a nice. Good on them. A nice yeah. first to have. Thank you for that. But it's time we kick into the fucking segments, though. Um, every time we go into a segment. We try and think of like a little quote from just something or other, and then say, "This is Sonic's." We're going to do a segment called Sonic Seconds. I, I don't understand the the, the request. <laughs> a, a quote from anything? Just a quote that you'd like from the. Okay. Don't, don't get crumbs on my book. This is Sonic Seconds. This is Sonic Seconds where we bring up two or three seconds from a track that we just think makes a song for it. What is that quote from? It's from a, a Dublin band called Ray's DC. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, they're really kind of good. Like post-punk stuff. Oh, deadly. Uh, yeah. oh, I, while I was talking to our, our mucker, Eddie, earlier on in Bang Bang, um, I told him that we were gonna, I was going to be on the show with you, or you were going to be on the show with me, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was saying, yeah, we're going to talk about all the different bands you were in and things like that. And he's like, oh, cool, deadly. Um, Mention to Connor um, Verifier 2.5. Oh, yeah. Um, so Verifier 2.5 was a short lived synthy, I guess, like it was like a pop punk band with synthesizers. Nice. We had a song called Vanessa Scales, which was about kind of like an un- untrustworthy narrator, narrate, narrator okay. style song of this man who had a fetish for skin disease and uh, this person Vanessa Scales um, has no interest in this guy but the guy is constantly trying to pursue her mm-hmm. and it's not happening but he's 
enamored with her, ends up breaking into her house and taking all of all of her medicine and has a, a fit on the floor. But um, okay, yeah, that's it's a big story. I was like one it. of my uh, bands when I was younger. Wait, did you ever see a child psychologist or anything? No, but I have been in therapy for three years now, so I'm getting better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I meant to say as well. Like, today was meant to just be myself and Connor, but then. Ross, for such a tall man, you came at such short notice, which I appreciate as well. <laughs> wanted to get, wanted to get that in there. I thought that, I thought of that earlier on. I was like, I want to mention the tall, uh, short notice. Great. So I, to I didn't in. tell uh, my mom that I was, I was going to be on this podcast. She's going to be raging. You're missing she's, dinner. She's your biggest fan. No way. It's always been. You have to get a load of this guy. He's a fucking tonic. <laughs> no, she's. He's said, a like, fucking hell. Why am I even coming up to your mom though? Like what? I only matter. She once. saw you on TV on that like. Ireland AM or whatever the thing was. Okay. With the there was like a man and a woman on chairs and you were talking. Oh yeah, yeah that was yeah, that was Dahi O'Shea and a girl a woman who used to present ice when I was younger. But yeah, ice. Ice. It was like a den type thing, but like for cool thirteen oh. year olds. But yeah, remember Ireland AM? Yeah, yeah. I was like, your mom watched that. Nice. Nice. Like someone's watching Ireland AM. Well, I because I, I I knew that you were going to be on TV, so I was like, I'll put it on. And then after that. She was just sold. Ah, that's nice. Well, thank you, Mammy Lumsden. Amazing. Well, that's nice. So I, I'm a howl, apparently. That's good. That's good a howl and a tonic. A tonic. <laughs> that's such a... He's a tonic. There's very few better things to be called. A tonic. He's a tonic. Yeah. But is it because a tonic like does you good? Or is it because like, yeah. a ton- it's like a refreshing... Okay, nice. Great. She does drink vodka and tonic as well, so... Oh, so I'm the boring bit of you're, a drink. Yeah, you're, you're a mixer. <laughs> Well, so this is Sonic Seconds, so we picked two seconds from a track that we just think just makes the track. What have you got for Could you introduce it, Connor? What have you got for us? What's your example? I forgot about this one, but let me <laughs> let me just... Uh, my fa- okay, I know what it is. I know. In okay. Up the Junction, this is the best uh, thing of music of all time. I only hang out with people who like... Can respect, please. Yeah. I-, I love this. But that's not what I'm talking about. All right. This part. That bit, that, the core that fucking bit is. I think it's like uh, Jules Holland maybe like hung on the note a little bit too long, yeah. or I'm not sure if he did the synthesizers in that. But um, it's a fucking lovely chord moment. That weird, oh, I don't know the, the harmony that's in there drives me fucking wild. <laughs> Makes and you I, feral. And uh, so I used to work uh, uh, in radio, and I, I was assistant to the music director John Cadell, and he has uh, this thing of best chords ever made and this is like a thing that we used to always talk about and a, about a year ago I messaged him and I was like I've got I've got another one that I've ever, never told you about yeah. and it was this one and he said he said to me meh not to he not, made up the junction he made up the junction and especially the magic chord part what a fucking lose bag and, uh, so we were talking you were hanging out with Eddie earlier on yeah well, I went to his work and he was working and I bothered him as he was trying to make money yeah. at his job. <laughs> so that's what I did. He also, sorry, the last time I was in, he said, do you want to try something weird? And I was like, oh, I can't say, you can't say no to that, obviously. He tried this, it's carrot marmalade. And okay. I just, it just, just mulched up carrot, to be fair. It wasn't really too marmalade-tastic. It was just mushy carrot. But yeah, continue. It was very sweet, though. Really shit idea. Sounds like he yeah, punked you, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I made the cunt eat fucking <laughs> carrot and told it was marmalade. I said, just call it caramelade. And he went, eh. Again, he just made a really good idea. What the fuck? Like, yeah, no, it was, I, I actually might even get the, the message. Up actually, bring him now. And go, sorry, Connor, sorry, Eddie, why are you like a fucking doofus? <laughs> not, not Eddie. Uh, no, he is, though. I'm just this saying other that. guy. But uh, so, you know, you're, you're trying to like keep in touch with people. And, you know, I was like, so this one, this is the best chord ever. And you go, like, oh, which chord? And I was like, the one on down to an incubator. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, hmm, not sure. It's full stop. Good chord, but it doesn't stand out. Oh, and that's the last I ever talked to that guy. <laughs> Every time that 
when I hear that sort of that was, that stuck out to me as well. I think of it's in the chorus of Rockin' All Over the World. You know the little extra chord they put in on the and I like it, I like it. Do you know, I'll just play it for you now because it's a very nice chord as well. What a good band. Underrated. That that little lovely. Uh, E into F there. Yeah, it's amazing. Really good band. Love, love a bit of Quo. But yeah, very good Sonic Seconds. I appreciate that. Some squeezed aren't brought up enough on this podcast. Con, what have we got? Oh, Ross, sorry. What have we got? Colin. <laughs> I said Con. <laughs> There's, uh, this is very short notice for. I know, but you, and you're so tall. Like, <laughs> what a fucking uh, gag. Genuinely, what a great. funny fucking thing to say. It was almost as good as uh, in Manchester when Music City were playing, and Connor went, Hi, we're in Music City. No response. And he goes, oh, you must be Music United fans. <laughs> no response. And then I tapped the microphone as if to say, is this thing on? Yeah. Everybody laughed. That was also... <laughs> that must be Music United. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> uh, there's a really slow song that we do, and I, sometimes I get nervous uh, playing it because um, it's slow. And, you know, who likes slow music? Mm. And, uh, we Not Parquet Courts fans. And uh, yeah, Parquet Courts fans didn't really understand what was going on with uh, this weird uh, millennial traveling Wilburys <laughs> performance. So it's this really slow, kind of intimate song. And the whole time, this fucking guy was on the balcony just giving me both fingers. The whole time, just going like this. And I was like, Double burden. <laughs> I'm going to find you. I'm going to fucking break your legs. <laughs> Hopefully he was the guy who was so drunk after the show that he thought we were parquet courts and we sold him a Music City set. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, Ross, what have you got for us when you were Sonic? Uh, I, uh, I really like, um, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, the trogs, where it's like, Oh, no! Can't stand still because you got me going. Is that can't, is it? That's I can't control myself, is it? I, I can't control myself, yeah. Oh, no! I don't know. That's very, very good. And what was... Oh, one second. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, little toot. In a basement room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I farted there. <laughs> You'd never get that in a band rehearsal space normally. Someone farting? Yeah. So, what can I say? A revolutionary. Uh, but this is another This is another one. Um, it's rap music. Oh, fuck. Uh, I was, fuck. My first love in life was um, listening to gangster rap when I was a child. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, the way Tupac here says, my God is one of my favourite things ever. Dang it. I just I just got rap. You just got I it. I just yeah. got it there. I'm here Ooh. to influence. Right, well that was Sonic Seconds. Do you want to give us an outro? The outro was just say the same quote again. That was Sonic Seconds. I was just going to talk about like um, can't even remember the words. I was going to I was going to drop some lines from Too Much Monkey Business by oh, do. Chuck Berry. I, I can't can't remember the words, so um, <laughs> I can't. I've never heard the song, but uh, a lot of a lot of people. I've heard people mention that that was one of the first uh, rapping style. Uh, versus Too Much Monkey Business yeah there you go I know the Hollies used to do a great version and uh, we modelled that with the Stripes used to do a version as well that's probably what I think inspired the rap connotations was seeing us as two children do it um, but <laughs> Oh Diddy as well like that Who Do You Love that's a, bit, that's, that's that's a, a rap, rap song isn't it timing wise what, what like is uh, Bo Diddley slightly after Chuck Berry yeah I think Bo Diddley might have been a year or two after Chuck Berry I'm not too sure because I, I know was it Maybelline Chuck Berry's first single yeah, I think it came out. Oh, God. It, it that came was out. on in the car earlier. It's great. I think that was 1955. I remember it well. You going to the go- <laughs> you going to the Google on it? I was like, I just want to check that Chuck Berry thing. I fucking if Ev was here, he'd know straight away. But I uh, neglect to care about a lot of this sort of stuff, and so therefore don't know and can't bring it up. You're not the band historian. Uh, no, Jesus Christ. What if I wa- if I if I am, the band's going to be long forgotten. 
because like every, everything is going to go. You no, know, Evan is the, the band historian. Like I write everything that I do down, but like Evan knows, Evan knows everything else. Maybe you are the band historian then. Maybelline was released in 1955. Fuck yeah, I'm totally right. Go on, and give us an outro there. Oh, I forgot about that. We'll we'll just cut this section. We're we're done with this section here. <laughs> that was Sonic Seconds. Okay, next up, we're going to go into Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopa. Oh, shit. Sorry, one more time. Which is instance of singers cacking it, being shite. Oh, I've got one. A Ruby Tuesday, make really fucks that up. Is it, a, is it on the recording? Yeah. Or is it, oh, fucking actual recording. Okay, let me, I'll get it up. Is it, in the fir- is, it, is, it, is it in the first chorus? I have no idea. Okay, sorry. Listen. I only just thought of it right there. Where she came from. That's pretty fucking ropey as well, actually. <laughs> it's not great. It's not the it's not the cleanest. No, uh, no. I just don't think that I'm in any position to be criticizing any singer. It's a very mean spirited segment, but I think we brought ourselves up before. Like, instance of us being really fucking bad. It's grand. It's just a bit of fun. It's, weird. it's, it's all art. It's all artists that we well, love, so it's I fine. Was, we were talking about this earlier on, and I was like, "Oh, well, you suggested one of my favorite uh, moments in musical history was when." Billy Joel went over to Russia to uh, perform. Is, is this where he fucking loses it on stage? It is when <laughs> he loses it on stage, but it's so it, such a controlled tantrum in like within the spaces in the song that he never misses a beat. All right, and um, so yeah, like he, Billy Joel goes goes over to um, Russia to perform in um, like the first stadium concert. There's a thing where. Uh, you know, from the history of Russia and everything, when there's lights on the people, they they kind of aren't able to rock out as much. They kind of freeze up. They're like, oh, somebody's watching us. We're not allowed to enjoy this previously illegal music of rock and roll uh, until Gorbachev was kind of uh, like, oh, I'm a rock and roll guy. Um, so Billy, Billy Joel's like uh, building up rapport over the course of the, the gig, getting people loose, and he's like really giving it his all. He's put in two and a half million of his own money to, oh. that he's not going to get back uh, just to do this thing and hopefully ease tensions between the two countries and everything else. But so the, to, in, in order to, uh, I guess, like make some money back, he brings over a film crew and everything to like film the whole thing. And the film film crew are like, this is amazing. Like all these people, they're like getting out of their seats and they're dancing. And it's it's such a change in uh, like such a difference in culture of what they usually do. Uh, but then they're like, we have to get better shots of them. So they start like floodlighting the audience and Billy, Billy Joel's seeing them like, like rocking out and then just like losing them. And then he has to keep working back and he's like, so it gets to uh, sometimes, I think it's sometimes a fantasy. Um, off glass houses and they're they're playing the song it's like oh i didn't want to do it but i got too lonely stop lighting the audience <laughs> oh that it would believe me but it's next best thing stop it <laughs> i know it's awful hard trying to make love long distance i mean it stop lighting the audience <laughs> But he's so professional about this tantrum and so musically timed that it's like the the people in his crew know that that's not part of the song. Okay. And um, yeah, he gets he goes up to his massive uh, Yamaha electric piano and like this five foot five guy just like hoofing this uh, piano across the stage and smashing microphone stands and you can tell like all these uh, kids in the audience are like fucking cool, <laughs> Actually, rock I'm... and roll. 
<laughs> it reminds me of that. Have you ever seen that um, video of the small guy in Central Park where there's a guy oh. practicing sat? I brought Bob Dylan out on fucking stage. <laughs> Grateful Dead, 1967. I'm studying Juilliard contemporaneously, classically. What you're doing is garbage. What are you doing is garbage. That's right. It's a fucking great video. Uh, my Vopa comes from the Ramones. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's more sort of not so much the, the singing is bad, it's just the way in which he enunciates. It's, enunciates his word, it's just very funny to me. Uh, it's for from Blitzkrieg Bop, and weirdly, it's listed online by Rhino, that kind of American label thing, mm. as the official music video for Blitzkrieg Bop. It's very clearly a live video mm-hmm. from a, a live recording. From Is it from It's Alive? Uh, no, it's from the, like, the late 80s. We've already got oh, okay. DD isn't even in this anymore. It's DD King. DD King. To give him, give him his fucking true name. <laughs> but this is them doing Blitzkrieg Bop, and what I find, what I, I'll see if, if you can see what I think is funny about the way he sings this. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Bree-bop. <laughs> well, Crazy frog. He can't even say bleep. He's going, bree-bop. And the whole stuff, and all the comments are like, fucking, some, there's some really, oh, where the fuck are the comments? But like, the comments are like, how fast do you want to play? Ramones, yes. Shit, like that's, that's, that's the dopey shit. That is, uh, but, for a fast band already, that was very fast. It was very fucking fast. Bree-bop. I'm not being able to get the word out, just going bree-bop. I think it's so fucking funny. It also becomes a song about cheese as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was Vopa. There we go. Another segment done. Well done, lads. We're coming towards the end. What about of- what about when something's funny but they actually nail it like really well? Like say, I'm thinking, do you know what all I could do is cry? Etta James when she sings. Oh, so that's, that's a son- I would say that's a sonic second. Where you go, that's just that bit. Yeah, but it's that's- also kind of funny as well. Like the way she sings. She just she just sings the word rice. It's right. Like, rice. Rice. <laughs> you really went for that. Yeah, I respect that. That was what those guys were saying at half five in the morning. <laughs> What? They're like, give me some fucking rice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. Being like, if I don't get six kilograms of fucking brown rice, I'm go- things are going to fucking kick off. I need it now. Brown rice as well, you know, taking care of their health. Oh, yeah, men of culture and taste. Yeah. I didn't know they were at, of course. But also, if you're in a rush, wouldn't be my first rice grain to go to. Yeah. To go to no, definitely that's, not. That's a, that's a 20, 25-minute job. It's a slow boil. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the... Oh, pa- oh, shit. Sorry, one more time. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, no, next segment now, we're going to go into Guilty Hatreds. They're the bands that everyone thinks are great But I can't help but be filled with hate It might be a member, it might be a hit I feel bad when I tell someone I think they're only alright this is Guilty Hatreds where we talk about bands we feel bad about not liking. Not Guilty Pleasures, Guilty Hatreds. A band you should like, but for whatever reason, you just don't. And it's unfortunate. And in my one, and I think this might inspire a bit of a virulent reaction from the Perrys, I should, and this is the thing, I really should like, everything about this band ticks the box and I should love them. And every time a song comes on, and it's got to this point now where I'm like, every time a song comes on, I go, this song is fucking brilliant. This sounds incredible. Can't wait for this to be my new favourite song. And then either I hear the lyrics or the singing starts and I go, oh no, it must be the replacements. I don't like this. Oh, fuck you. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm so rich. I should adore the replacements. They take every box for me and should be good. I like songs like Bastard of Young and things like that. And like, there's a few tracks I like, but I just, even I listen to Let we It Be. We were both in, we got both got replaced in a replacements covers band. <laughs> it's true. At different times. That's insane. No, I should love them. Again, like I listened to Let It Be and was like, why don't I like this more? I just don't. 
Mm. And it really frustrates me. I don't know what it is inherently about them. That I'm just well, like, I don't you're know not allowed in the replaced replacements re- covers band that we're forming. He probably will, though. <laughs> He's going to get a call on yeah. Saturday night, and it's going to be Dan. <laughs> hey, look, listen. <laughs> and the replacements. Okay, well. Way to piss me off. Way to uh, <laughs> yeah. No, so you're, you're. I knew you'd be a big replacements fans. I think everyone fucking is as well. I'm just. I don't know why. I mean, they, yeah, they are top three bands of all time for me. <laughs> best band of the eighties. That's rough. Sorry, the eighties was that when the House Martins were out? So like, obviously not the best band of the eighties. Um, I don't feel guilty about not liking things uh, at all because I. You fucking say it how it is. I say it how it is. Okay, well then, uh, post punk sucks. Nice. Okay, especially <laughs> modern yeah. post punk. I think it's terrible. I think they should stop making it, and it should be banned. <laughs> I don't like uh, guitar pedal bands, like uh, you know, like eighties and nineties American indie, like Sonic Youth. Don't like them. Dinosaur like Junior. I like Sonic don't Youth like more it. than I like. Repl- I don't like Dinosaur Junior. No. I love Dinosaur Junior. I mean, I, I like a few songs. Where to back down, man? You don't yeah. like that Where guitar to tone, do you? I don't like the. I just. I don't like distortion pedals. That's insane to me. There's so Except much. Except for so, Van Halen. Oh, Van Halen use a distortion. Off. I love. I love Van Halen. What an insane assertion to make. Dinosaur Junior's guitars sound bad, and Van Halen sound fucking great. We were listening to Van Halen in the car on the way over. Yeah, there's. I mean, I could really go on. I really dislike so many, so much music. Dinosaur Junior. Like not, not a well, okay. Fan. I'm not going to put Dinosaur Junior as like I mentioned. Like I, I dislike them, but Joy Division. Like oh I don't like Joy Division. Uh, I I like um I like some New Order songs and I like Disorder by Joy Division, but New Order kind of rubbed me up the wrong way in an interview in the nineties where uh, the <laughs> Peter Hook Peter said. Hook said I don't, I, he's a he's a dingus I do yeah. not like that man he's a spanner he brings shame on the name Peter I don't like him at all oh shave your fucking I know. beard in the set what are you doing I know what I don't like okay. that is going to be uh, a thing that I should like I don't like the Sex Pistols Fair, okay yeah that's fine but cool guitar tone. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think textbooks are great. Good, good. Sounds good. I, I don't really... Yeah, do, do I like Johnny Rotten? I don't know. Something about them. Don't like Sid Vicious. Oh, no. Hate I, the... I use a nice lad. <laughs> I just hated the whole Glenn Matlock thing of like kicking him out just because he, was he fucking went for it. He's obviously the best one. Yeah, and just because he went for a fucking... Just because he was clean. Mm-hmm. A bit dopey for me. He's a bit like shooting yourself in the foot really to like kick him out when he wrote all the songs and was great lad and looked cool. But then again, sometimes I hear it and I'm like, and I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Or yeah. like, Holiday in the Sun. Is that one that's of their songs? Yeah. Yeah, that's also a brilliant, you know, in the city is better, but um, <laughs> same chords. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, absolutely. No, very good. Okay. Ross, what about you? What's a band you feel Yeah, I don't like? really feel too guilty. I don't know. I'm glad you're both in control of your emotions and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. bad about this. I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan. That was literally my first yeah. guilty hate was Led Zeppelin. I was like, I don't fuck. Again, yeah. I didn't really feel bad. I was like, I just don't fucking like them. I don't get yeah. the vibe. I hate the singing. But yeah, uh, the singing. when he loses his voice in the... I've I've grown to like Led Zeppelin because I think the guitar is so cool. Okay. Um, Like, I never got Stairway to Heaven. No. But I've, th- never, that's I've, what, never, I've never listened to the whole track. I've never heard the end of Stairway to Heaven. Me neither. Great. It's so ever-present that it's not even a song. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's, it's like a thing. Yeah. I'm like... Uh, I've just heard so many jokes about it and everything else, like don't play it in guitar shops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wayne's World really fucking ruined it. I think it? I actually yeah. learned how to play it without ever hearing, hearing the it. song. That also, if we're talking about things that I don't like, any any like white guy doing like bluesy, uh, like emotional singing, I hate. So like I hate all like bluesy sixties music uh, from like England. <laughs> but not from Cavan. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, lad. I just uh, you know it's not for me. Just the singing. I like the guitars. But See, I hate what the stripes are. Basically, white, white, white. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. Well, so you hate Ross. Early stripes. 
<laughs> nice, that's funny. I do enjoy he that. Got, he, got off, he got off the bus a, a, a power pop. Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah, it was a long fucking bus ride as well. And I, I, I like all the early stripe stuff. You ju- had just said you hated when white. He said British. I, he added the word British. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, that was like a ni- nice. I enjoyed. Can I also uh, run through a few other bands? Oh, oh sorry, very please, quickly. Of course, yeah, uh, where you go? The Smiths, Pink Floyd, uh, Radiohead. Um, oh, Radiohead. Basically, all the bands that. Um, Paul McCartney's son mentions on that <laughs> that show that bands influenced them when his when when his dad goes Rocket James I fucking I love thumb. Fucking... I love Paul McCartney. No, he's great, obviously. No guilt there. No guilt. Wow. <laughs> Radiohead are the worst band of all time though. I like a song on their first album called I think Pablo Honey is definitely easily the worst name for it. I've heard they make people say those words. Pablo Honey is just a horrendous... That's kind of a, a grungy, peddly guitar tone on that album as well, isn't it? I like the song Stop Whispering, but only because the chorus is kind of like a U2 song. Deadly. Well, that was... <gasps> a cough. Sorry. He's That's dead. Yeah. That was Guilty Hatreds. And now we're coming to the very last... Oh, yeah, so the one segment I've left is one we finished later. It's just a guitar here. Does someone fancy playing a snippet of a song they haven't finished yet? I I haven't finished any songs. <laughs> when you listen to chronic procrastinators You get to hear ones we'll finish later Ross, do you fancy playing a snippet of something you haven't finished yet? I haven't written anything in ages, oh, man. class. This segment of Woman Finish Later, we're going to finish later because we can't even Actually, finish it. So Have you got a demo? Uh, throw me Goucher's little. I like well. going through my um, voice notes. No, my uh, my notes just for like lyrical inspiration. Oh, nice. Okay. Some of them are incredibly bad. <laughs> oh yeah, here's one called "Suddenly Middle Aged." I was writing uh, about six months ago, and it goes: "The Sergeant Pepper is my favorite Beatles album." What exactly changes in change? The violence of a toaster. The pleasures and frustrations of different types of bread. <laughs> <laughs> that is bullshit. That is absolute <laughs> that bullshit. Was, that was three days after I turned 34. So that, those, those are the musings of a fully grown-up adult man <laughs> yeah. who's in... Oh, fucking hell. That's shite. Yes. Is this com- <laughs> coming to an album near you soon? <laughs> Did I read it then? Dopey down in my notes. What are you going to play something? <laughs> well, I just opened my notes, and the first thing that was on this is uh, uh, me. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'd, I'd written this when I was uh, drunk. I was like, I got a little something. It's torn me into pieces. You go around the world as if you were Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Very and, uh, this That's is going thing. on the album, right? When I was, uh, when I was uh, how old would I have been? Like 12 or 13? I started writing this uh, a medieval... <laughs> Style songs, <laughs> and I'll see if I can play it. Like, don't don't play no. Uh, <laughs> well, I, it's not finished, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the nuggets of a good song are there, definitely. You have made bit, you like, you have let yourselves down on the podcast so far with that segment, so I feel like I should do the same. I've got endless amounts of. Uh, Horrendous crap in here. Uh, oh, I remember this. Sorry, yeah, I was having uh, an internal moment, and I wrote down the first two lines of a poem, and uh, it says, "It goes, I'll find you at the end of an echo, at the start of a laugh." That's it. So far, that's beautiful. That's wank. 
absolutely wank. It's like Keats. Had a, yeah, I, do, I see a, a top note there. That, again, I just wrote down a title and it just said, All Hell Broke Lucy. I don't know what to do with that, but I, I kind of like it. I like it. I was writing a song um, about my favourite cafe. What is it? Well, it's gone now. It's it Jerry's. Oh, okay. And then he retired. So the whole song is like, Jerry's retired, he's hung <laughs> up his apron. Jerry's retired and there's no one to replace him because it closed down. And then he died, so I can't even release oh. Jerry's retired now because <laughs> Jerry's dead. Jerry bit it. <laughs> Fuck. Right, well, that was w- ones we'll finish later. Thanks for the performances and the insights into your minds. The insights into the shallow minds of, of the men gathered present. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the episode, chaps. Thanks for having us. Thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to people in, who are the musicians in different contexts that I respect an awful lot, so I do appreciate you being on. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Sorry, my breath went with my breath there. Um, <laughs> So this has been episode 32 of Higher Fidelity. I've been here in the presence of great musicians and songwriters and producers and all that. Uh, and then, obviously, Connor and uh, Ross as well. Uh, and I've been Pete. I've been Connor. I'm Ross. And we have been the host of Higher Fidelity for this episode, reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Be shooting. But most importantly, be, be kind. kind. Oh, that wasn't recording. (laughs) Could you imagine?